2: Hey everybody, welcome to the MLB Sunday Fantasy Waiver Wire Q&A and also welcome to Circling the Bases for those of you who are partaking in podcast form. I am Chris Crawford. I am joined this Sunday by my friend Colin Henderson. Colin, how's it going?
3: It is good for me. That was a fun little game there that we just watched. I don't get a ton of time to watch Oakland and they just really don't interest me a whole bunch but there was at least some there was at least some moments in there that got me going I was in there pretty deep because I picked up Cole Irvin for a Sunday need to get some you need to catch up a little bit and gotcha. I was cursing my decision about three pitches into his start but otherwise it was uh it was a good time otherwise awesome
2: yeah it was a you know it was nice it was a fun fast game too our Sunday game uh, moving.
3: it was moving have, it was yeah, our, moving
2: our Sunday games have not necessarily been the quickest. That has uh, been a fun challenge for us, actually, as we were uh, getting ready yes. for the podcast, because you just don't know when you're going to be ready to go. But uh, pretty good game. Uh, Guardians win 6-3. to three. Not really indicative, I think, of how close this one was. I feel like no. kind of Cleveland was in control throughout yep. the game. So for everybody who is joining us live, please... Fantasy question away. We will get to them as soon as possible. You got questions about a waiver wire move. You got a question, trade this guy for that guy. You got a question about whether or not you should stash this player. By all means, we are – we have no uh, (laughs) – we like them all. There is no prejudice towards any type of question that we have uh, fantasy baseball. But let's talk quickly about this game real quick. Jose Ramirez drives in three runs. Golden goes for one for four, but does – have that two-run double and also drives in a run on a fielder's choice. He's now driven in 59 runs in the 56 games that the Guardians have played. He's sitting 292, 389, 641. Yeah, well, I'll, ask you, I'll ask you two questions, Colin. Number one, is Jose Ramirez right now the best fantasy player in baseball? And number two, if he's not, who is?
3: Ah, uh, the answer is yes, and the second question is irrelevant. Uh, <laughs> I mean, right now, what he's doing—the only thing that you can knock him for—is that the team around him maybe could be better, where sure. like he'd have more opportunities. But that's freakishly scary, considering. Uh, yeah. I mean, after all of this, he is fifty-six RBIs. I mean, he looks locked in at the plate. I'm surprised he's not getting the Barry Bonds treatment to a certain point. Ahmed Farid, uh, our our post game analyst, said yeah. kind of that in the post game where it was just, I, I don't see why you're not actively pitching around him everywhere we can go. It just uh, he's starting to get that spot where you just he's the one person in that lineup that you just need to get around and you can do it. Uh, I'm surprised he's not getting more of that. But if they're going to keep throwing him pitches, he's going to keep hitting them. I think right now he's on pace for more home runs than strikeouts, which is a joke in today's game. <laughs> where if you hit more home runs, you strike out a lot more. That's oh, sure. those two usually go hand in hand. He is the exception. Uh, right now he's just firing on all cylinders, and for what it, and kudos to the Guardians here because they have found a way. Of paying him undervalue for his entire career, and look like they'll continue to do that for the rest of it for how Ugh. good he is.
2: I, I still that contract just baffles me. It blows my mind. But yes. I will say this: if Jose Ramirez is happy, great, and it does yeah, appear exactly. that he wanted to spend <laughs> his career in Cleveland, which good for him. It's just it probably should have paid. Peter Dolan pay a little more money than he had to to get it done. If I'm being well, completely honest, it turns out
3: that it turns out that he signed like a 10 year membership to the rock and roll hall of fame. <laughs> there you like, go. I'm not, I'm not skimping uh, no, it. All right. I no. made a commitment to the rock and roll hall of fame, fast pass membership, and I yeah. will stick with it.
2: For the That's a, uh, that is probably <laughs> why uh, some folks are going to sign with, uh, in Orlando to make sure they still have their fast passes for uh, Disney world or oh, actually Universal Studios. What am I talking
3: yeah, about? Yeah, I was gonna say guy. <laughs> you know what's
2: up. you know what's really interesting about Jose Ramirez here, too, is that he's notoriously gotten off to not great starts. Like his career yeah. line in April is two sixty four, three thirty three, four seventy-eight. Career line in May is two sixty three sixty four seventy one. Now those are not bad numbers by any stretch of the mm-hmm. imagination, but in July he has a nine forty two OPS, and in September and October he has a nine thirty four OPS. So the fact that he's gotten off to this hot start, I mean, nothing in his history tells us that Jose Ramirez is going to be anything but a fantasy star. I agree. I think he's the best prospect – or best prospect. I think he's the best (laughs) fantasy player in baseball. He's a pretty good prospect too. The Guardians should consider uh, giving him a call up. Uh, The starter today, Cal Quantrill, was pretty good. Six innings of one-run baseball. What is interesting here is I just saw a stat that he has now thrown six innings – in nine straight starts, six innings or more in nine straight starts—that's very impressive in a day and age where we just don't see guys working deep into ball games. Three point three eight ERA on the season uh, through sixty-one of ninety pitches for strikes.
3: Does not miss a lot of bats. But Colin—is
2: Cal Quantrill more than a
3: streamer at this point? I think he has to be on regular. I mean, unless your league is dangerously shallow, like you're playing in like an eight team or a 10 team and you've cut down pitching roster spots or something like that. I think right now the longevity that he's getting you, especially in points leagues, where if he's getting six innings every single time, that's, you know, at least 18 points right off the bat. I mean, you're getting something close. Quantrill has been pitching really well, and it hasn't been against bad opposition either. It hasn't been against the best opposition, but it hasn't been against bad opposition. And I think that's something to kind of mention in this spot. They are about to go on a stretch where they're going to play some good teams over the next 14 days. I think we're going to exactly see over Quantrill's next two starts exactly how good he is. But right now, he's proven that I think he needs to be on rosters. The top of the pitching tier, I think, is very strong right now, but there's a large group of players and that, like... 30 to 70 range that I think are very interchangeable. And I think Quantrill is really pushing up those rankings right now.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that. I would just say you got to be prepared to take a whooping or two. You know what I mean here? Because, because of the fact that he doesn't miss a lot of bats and he just won't at this point at 27 years old, we kind of know what Cal Quantrill is. And I give Cleveland credit. Uh, I mean, they've done such a good job with pitching development, but they took a guy, you know, he was drafted 10th overall by the Padres, but just really looked like he was on his way to becoming one of these multi-inning relievers, and then they acquire him in that deal, and now he looks like a solid mid-rotation arm. I do like the fact that, yes, he is going to be playing up against some uh, much superior competition, especially to today, which we'll talk about in just a sec. But the AL Central does afford some very good streaming opportunities. Like yes, it At does. this point, We have to acknowledge that Detroit is just not a good offensive baseball team. Kansas City, some talented young players, same with Detroit, but those are winnable matchups. Uh, I think the same could be said for the matchup we had today. (sighs) Oakland's, I mean, this is ugly. And I do know that they got the win on Saturday, which is good for them to break that losing streak. But you just look at this lineup, and there are so many guys who have low averages, low on base percentages – like you have to be attacking this team for, as a streaming option, right?
3: Uh, Oakland, Detroit, uh, all of them right now. You just have you just have to go all in. Cincinnati, like basically, if I see any streamer going up against any of those teams, Mm-mm. they're jumping to the top. Like I will take a mediocre sh- starter against those teams versus like a maybe somewhat decent starter against a good team. Like, I will take I will take that right now because there's just nothing offensively that they're doing that makes me fear. There's absolutely none of it. And when you look up and down, like you just said, this Oakland roster, I mean, the idea that we're talking about, like, Betancourt as, like, you know, he's had three home runs over the weekend. Great for him. Right. But, I mean, what? From a fantasy standpoint, what? Chad Pinder is at least somewhere on a radar. Loriano is somewhere on a radar. Otherwise, there just really is nothing there. It is a wasteland right now for you to hit. I said, I think we did our kind of previews at the beginning of the year and we were kind of going through like the division by division and saying like who fantasy players to target, who to avoid. And I think I said the entire Oakland A's team. And so far two (laughs) months into the season, I have been proven right. Like there's just nothing outside of, uh, outside of what a couple pitching like prospects that you can look at. Like Paul Blackburn has been very nice this year. Um, but like, there's just nothing on that roster that makes me, that makes me want to watch a game. And there's a reason why there's 500 people in the ballpark for every home game in Oakland.
2: Yeah, this is, um, bad. and it's funny. We kind of talked about, you know, jokingly that like, oh, how is Oakland going to compete for a playoff spot again this year? Because we've seen it before. Like we've seen Oakland completely tear down and then immediately yep. defy expectations, but they. They made dang sure they did their job. They did the Thanos snap real well on this one because it's real bad. But I'm glad you brought up Bethancourt because he's been really good this year and especially as of late. And what's really interesting here is that he has catcher eligibility in Yahoo mm-hmm. Leagues, Yeah, has been making a lot of hard contact, is starting to hit for power, and is stealing bases. Like his, with today, he stole his fourth base of the season. I think Christian Bethencourt is someone that you might need to target. It is the probably the only player in the Oakland lineup that I'm targeting right now. Other than the fact that, like, if you're playing in DFS formats, and Chad Pinder is a reasonable salary, great play against left-handed pitching. He has yep. just always crushed left-handers. Don't want him in my lineup against righties, but mm-hmm. against lefties, there's something to it. But Christian Bethencourt, I mean, th- it's worth also worth pointing out that this guy was a former top prospect. Some time to get things going, and like, look, look. Let's be honest here. He's gotten things going to a seven sixty three yep. OPS, which is not like otherworldly good by any stretch of the imagination. But especially with the catcher eligibility, I do think this is someone you need to target.
3: All right. So when you say target, I mean, I'll look. All right. So. I'm assuming that we're talking about him more in the catcher eligibility range because I, mean, yes, I wouldn't put him in the top 21st baseman. Yeah. So if we're looking at the catcher eligibility spot, like, yeah. would you take Bethancourt over someone like Yasmani Grandal who's been, like, awful this year? I don't I, think so. I'm, I'm trying so. to think of where we need to kind of value him. I know it's I, catcher, but it's just very tough to kind of figure out where exactly to grade him out in terms of where to target.
2: What I would just say is this. If you are one of those people, and we've talked to a bunch yep. of them, that are – either just streaming catchers or going no catcher whatsoever, yeah. I think Christian Bethencourt is someone that's good enough to change that. Now, okay. it's just for the one year because he's yeah. not going to have catcher eligibility, I think, ever again. No, But I do think that for this year, if you're one of those people who doesn't have one of the big five in Adley Rutschman, like I'm not dropping Adley Rutschman for Christian no. Bethencourt. I'm just, I just can't do it even though Bethancourt has been considerably better than Russman, although we did just see a lot of all those in that one. Uh, We did just see him have a three-hit game. I I just can't do it. But if you are one of those people who is playing on the back end of the catcher position, I do think he's at least worth roster consideration. Uh, Let's talk about a couple of call-ups because there was one in particular Mm -hmm. that happened this weekend that I was really excited about and not surprised at all. And then there was one that really surprised me, and I'm still equally exciting about it. But let's start with the one that was no-doubter that he was going to come up in Shane Baz. So we all saw what Shane Baz could do in the 2021 season. Unfortunately, his season got off to a late start after having arthroscopic elbow surgery. Um, came back at near the end of May, middle of May, something around there. Was dominant in the minor leagues to absolutely no one's surprise. Made his first start of the year on Saturday. Didn't go very well. Two and a third innings, gave up five runs. Four of those runs on a grand slam by Luis Arias, who, by the way, Luis Arias, oh my goodness gracious, what a year that guy is having. Uh, Struggled with his command, which is a rare thing. He walked three and struck out two. Taking those results aside, Shane Boz is pretty much a must roster at this point, right, Colin?
3: 100%. Needs to be rostered in 100% of leagues. There is not a league that is shallow enough that I'd think that Bosh shouldn't be a part of someone's roster right now. the The upside here is great. the uh, The stuff is electric. I mean, we we've seen what he's done on grand stages, and from the U.S. Olympic team to others, like we've seen what he can do. He is just the the only thing is the casual MLB fan is not aware of him yet. And he they will be. So if you if he is somehow available in your league, you go grab him and you grab him right now. The only thing that you might hold against him is yes, there's probably going to be a bit of a kids glove around him. They're going to treat him, you know, real soft. He is the future, uh, you know, he is one of the future pieces of that raised team, they are not going to risk any type of injury for him. So I would expect pitch counts, I'd expect in- innings limits, I'd expect all of those things that we would normally associate with a young pitcher nowadays, anyways, especially one coming off of an injury. And also Tampa Bay, as we have said a thousand times over, is the Patriots of fantasy baseball. Like they don't care about <laughs> your fantasy team whatsoever. So would I, could I see a lot of times, especially initially where Boz is getting yanked like in the fifth inning without giving you the win opportunity because they like a matchup somewhere in the bullpen and will ride right. it out. Absolutely. So I, I think the Tampa Bay factor kind of comes into play a little bit here, but all of those things aside the the potential is just far too tantalizing it needs to be rostered, hundred percent.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, the, the concerns you bring up are definitely justified. Like, There will be times where you get frustrated that he throws three and a third shutout innings (laughs) because they're going to make sure that they take care of the long term and and they should take care of the long term. He's a very important part of the organization, still just 22 years old. Another reminder of just in terms of process, it wasn't great. In terms of results, the trade of the Austin Meadows, (laughs) Chris Archer trade is just like Austin Meadows, Tyler Glass now and Shane Baz going yeah, some, astounding, some astounding, some yeah, astounding return yeah, right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just not a, a thing that if you're a fan of the Pirates, like there's a bunch of things, if you're a fan of the Pirates to look right. at, but look the I know he had the three walks, but the main reason for this is his command is so good. He throws everything for strikes, four pitches for strikes. Uh, the uh, 80 grade fastball, a plus plus slider, two usable off-speed offerings. Everything in here is something to like, do not, take those results against the twins to mean what's going to be happening going forward. We have seen what Shane Baz can do. The call-up that was really interesting to me and really surprising to me came in Toronto. Gabriel Moreno got the call-up. And the main reason that this was a surprise is mainly just because Alejandro Kirk has been one of the best catchers in baseball. But uh, an injury has kind of opened things up a little bit. Uh, Went one for five in his debut. One of the top prospects in baseball, regardless of position, age, whatever uh, demographic you want to put him in. He is one of the best prospects in baseball. Hit 324 with a 784 OPS. We'll, I'll get into one of the things that I'm a little bit concerned about with Moreno here. But we just talked about the catching position kind of being, for lack of a better term, a cesspool. Is Gabriel Moreno someone that you're adding to rosters?
3: I'm adding him, it's tentative only because I just don't know the playing time. The playing right. time situation, I think, is an issue. Like you said, Kirk has been one of the better catchers in the game so far this year. They, uh, they have other catching, I mean, obviously, their initial catcher, um, whose name I'm completely blanking on off the top of my head here. Yeah, no, Jansen. Jansen, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so Jansen, <laughs> obviously, just hit on the IL, which is the reason for this essentially call-up. They're carrying right. three catchers as is now. There, Yes, there is the ability to DH, so there is chances for him to get his bet in the lineup. But, I mean, unless he comes up and absolutely dominates from the get, I am worried that he might be like a two- to three-day player, right. maybe, you know, maybe four. And if that's the case, then we have a bit of an issue. So I'm not entirely sure exactly how that works.
2: Yeah, it's going to be an interesting situation, and I think that this is – you know, an extremely tentative situation, too, like you said, because of the fact that way that Toronto has built their roster, there will be no harm whatsoever about sending Moreno down if things struggle or if they just feel more confident in going with a two-catcher thing or if Jansen can come back. I think it's worth pointing out that Moreno was going to have to be added to the 40-man roster anyway, yeah. so you might as well give him this chance. My biggest concern with Moreno is – The playing time, yes, that's actually got to be the top concern. But the other concern I have here, he has not driven the baseball in 2022. Uh, A 4.04 slugging percentage with just one homer does have eight doubles in 36 games, which is, you know, a a very nice pace. But it does affect that slugging mark. I think he could be a real contributor in the average category. One of the best hit duels Again, regardless of position, but especially at the catcher position, that chance to hit above 300 is a real reality, which is not something you can say for pretty much any catching prospect right. other than Adley Rutschman and maybe Diego Cartea, who is a few years away. That's, I think, the biggest concern. Having said that, if you're playing in a two-catcher league and – Why? Please stop. Please, Why? please, please, please stop doing it. But if you are one of those poor souls who has been trapped into a two-catcher league – absolutely at Gabriel Moreno because there's just not anything with more upside that you're going to see at that type of position.
3: Agreed. And, and, and that's what we're, that's what you're adding to your roster right now is upside. And that's what it is. Like the potential is here. Now, whether the equation of number of at bats a week, playing time, can't he remember if he he's a catcher, so he's also got to learn the pitching staff. He's got to learn how to you know how to work with those pitchers. That's a major factor, especially for young catchers. It's right. one of the reasons why catcher is usually probably the outside of starting pitching. Maybe is like the hardest position fantasy wise to get into year one. It's rare that a rookie catcher comes in and does a lot. So that is the only question here. And we're seeing it a little bit with Adley Rushman, obviously the other top catching prospect over there, he's got to learn a pitching staff. So yep. that is going to be a major factor here, but all of those things aside, the talent is there. The the pedigree is there. This guy looks like he is going to be a good offensive catcher for the next decade plus. And if so, if he happens to get hot and happens to earn this job and finds a way of taking stealing a couple at bats from Alejandro Kirk here, and you know, maybe relegating Jansen you know, to the trade fodder at some point during the the deadline here, then everything works out. So that's all you got to hope for. You got to hope for that playing out.
0: Yeah, I I would agree with that for sure. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time.
2: Let's get to a couple of questions. Got some interesting ones here. First one is about a player that, you know, I'll be honest with you, was completely off my radar, uh, but isn't anymore. Offensive Luis Garcia, which is a good way to put it because there's like 14 other pitchers, uh, yeah. has continued his toward pace since being called up. Is he going to be a mixed league fixture at two weak positions or do you see him falling off hard? So for those who are unfamiliar, Luis Garcia coming into Sunday is hitting 359. 366, 487 over 41 plate appearances, has a homer, got caught stealing the only time that he was attempted so, but he's driven in seven runs, which in 10 games for the Nationals, that's like a world record pace considering how bad that offense has been. Yep, A former top prospect who just really didn't get anything going in his other two tastes of baseball, I think he's at least worth
3: consideration. How about yourself, Colin? He's worth a consideration. When you say a fixture at two week positions, I'm not sure I could put him in the fixture conversation. But I think if we're looking at a player, I, he has a hit tool. He's going to have plenty of at bats. the The opportunities are going to be there for him in spades with a rebuilding Nationals team that is going to tear away every veteran that they can. So uh, at before the deadline, so there's going to be opportunities. I don't think he's a fixture, but I think he is at least someone, that, especially in deeper leagues and in lonely leagues, all of that stuff. I think he is worthy of a roster spot. I think it's just a fixture in a mixed. I think he's. I don't think he's got enough power in that bat for him to kind of be a bona fide top thirty, top forty outfielder sometime in the next year or two.
2: Yeah, I think he's more of a, a, you know, a backup middle and not even a backup, a a guy I would consider for my middle infield. Yeah, sorry, outfield. Uh, No, that's okay. I guarantee you there's a Luis Garcia. I'm sure there's got
3: to be one somewhere, somewhere. yes. (laughs) Yeah, it's
2: uh, it's probably the most common name in baseball. It's a lot of fun going into our uh, CMS and searching for Luis Garcia and uh, seeing like 42 different options possibly pull up, especially when there's teams that have multiple of them. By the way, there's a few Julio Rodriguez's that are going to need to change their name as well. I I, I like Luis Garcia as as that middle infield option or that backup option. I just don't know if he's going to hit for enough power. I'm more concerned about the fact that he just does not run at all. One stolen base and was never going to be a big run guy. But he was a guy that got plus hit tool and some plus plus hit tool stuff when he was considered a prospect. I think it's worth pointing out for a guy – who has played in 120 games over two-plus seasons, Luis Garcia just turned 22. Yeah. It is really odd because he seems like a guy who has been around for an awful long time. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was was a guy that I remember writing about for Redacted, and I'm really surprised that he – that I just kind of plum forgot about him. And when he got that call-up, it was fun to see that I was – At least flashes of me not being entirely crazy. Chad asks another interesting one here. Rank these starting pitcher surprises, return, rest of season. Waka, Perez, Wright, I assume that's Kyle Wright, uh, Miles Miklis, Johnny Cueto, and Tyler Anderson. I mean, Kyle Wright, right at the top for me. That's pretty easy. Um, Yeah, that's
3: a no-brainer there. The
2: second spot, I'm probably – between Tyler Anderson and Miles Nicholas, yep. I'll go Anderson, and I'm kind of surprised by that. And the reason being, just because of the team that he plays for, I'll do respect yep. to. I just think he's going to get those uh, opportunities. Waka, we saw just get absolutely lit up by the Mariners, yeah. and he was due for it. I will say this he is better than that line, but he's nowhere near what he was doing. Like, the Correct. there was. You take a look at the Savant page, and we kind of talked about this with Matthew Corey of uh, Red Sox Outsider uh, about just the fact that he can't keep this up, but his command has been so good. How, how are you ranking these guys, Colin?
3: I mean, I'm agreeing with you there. Wright is the easy number one. Uh, easy number one. I think I go Michael second and Anderson third. Totally. Um, I appreciate what I've seen. From the man with the stash over there in St. Louis. I appreciate I I think I, he looks a little bit, he looks more like that season where he really blew up on the scene. He looks much more like that than he does than he did like the last two years, where it looked like a different version of himself. So I'll take him to Anderson three, and that's a real tight one. Again, the injury to um, Walker Bueller opens up that door for Anderson to get more playing time. Walk, I don't care about Perez is I Martin Perez is, at some point, it's got to stop, right? Like, at some point, he's got to fall off. He just keeps mowing people down. And I know we're disrespecting him here. The fact that we're not even putting him in the top three when, honestly, outside of right, he should be probably number two on this list because of how well he's been playing. But, like, if we're talking rest of season, I still don't fully believe that he is a guy who is going to be doing what he's doing over the course of a full year. Now, that being said... I we also said the same thing about Kyle Gibson last year, and he basically finished out the year pretty right. strong at the end. So sure. if I think he is the 2022 version of Kyle Gibson. And if that's the case, then he might outpitch everyone except for right on this list. So I think we're being at Waka. I don't particularly care about and Cueto is a fun story. I love watching him pitch. He still has the K's in his arm, but I don't think he's gonna have the length uh in games. Uh, he's a streamer for me specifically, but the other four, I think all deserve to be on rosters. And I still feel bad about putting Perez at, at fourth.
2: I mean, I get feeling bad and I, I get it. I'm like, he's deserved his success. It's also understandable. He has not had an ERA below 4.33 since 2013.
3: Yeah. That's and
2: true. I, it's, there is reason I think to be pessimistic about martin Perez continuing this there's reason to be pessimistic about all of those guys listed kyle wright has had blow-ups miles Michaelis is not a guy who has missed a ton of bats over his career and is going to be relying on defense tyler anderson has a pretty sizable track record of being off and on i just have been so impressed with what i've seen from kyle wright and i cannot ignore the fact that atlanta has been so good So good at developing these type of pitchers. So speaking of pitchers, Colin, this is a big time of the year. Two start options.
3: Yep. Anybody good that you got for us? We got some good options this week. I know obviously Alcantara, who has been unbelievable this year. Just absolutely unbelievable.
2: Absolutely the Cy Young. It is his
3: his for the taking right now. Alcantara, Nola. Uh, Alec Manoa, Shane Bieber, Logan Webb, all going mm. two-star pitchers this week. Nestor Cortez. Um, so the, we've got some pretty good options here. But there are a couple good options available that are, are I should say, widely available mm. in Yahoo Leagues. Um, Merrill Kelly first up for Arizona, available in 57% of Yahoo Leagues. He's coming off of his best start of the season, six innings, giving up just one hit, five strikeouts, no earned against Cincinnati. Uh, Has a 3-3-2 ERA across 65 innings with 54 Ks. He faces Cincy again this week in Minnesota. Love him against Cincy, and I'm not scared about Minnesota here. I think he's a great two-star pitcher available in more than half of leagues. Uh, Zach Eflin, also available in 75% of leagues. His last two starts, 12 innings pitched, 9 hits, 1 earned, 8 strikeouts. Uh, has a 4-9 ERA and a 1-2 whip across 55 innings, and his metrics are phenomenal. 86 percentile and expected ERA, 76 percentile in expected slugging, uh, 74th percentile in expected batting average, 98% in average exit velocity. He's not giving up hard contact. Love that. He faces Miami and Washington, two offenses that do not scare me whatsoever. Absolutely love those matchups. And then Josiah Gray, um, for the Nationals, available in 59% of leagues. His last three starts, 16 innings pitched, two earned runs, both off of solo shots, 18 strikeouts to eight walks. Absolutely love those. Uh, he has got a 4.33 ERA with a one whip and 69 Ks across 62 innings. And he faces Atlanta and Philly this week. So it, a little bit of a tougher offensive matchup, but the way that he's pitching right now, I still think that he's a good two-start pitcher this week. Yeah,
2: I like those options quite a bit. Merrill Kelly, especially, is interesting to me. Yeah. That got off to a, a really good start and had some bumps in the road, but I do think that those guys all make a lot of sense. It's it's always nice when we have like elite to start options, but at the same right. time, the reason that we do this is we like to talk about the guys who uh, Aaron Nola probably not available in your league. Yeah, but I'm it's almost nice to sure of that. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> but it is it is good to know, and you might be needing to add one of these guys, as Chad points out. Kopik just got pulled after 12 pitches. Yeah, saw that. Does the org have any prospect worth stashing to potentially fill that slot if it's in the fact? Serious. Colin, I will not ask you to name Chicago White Sox prospects because that's just not fair to you. Appreciate Back it. I know Chicago <laughs> White Sox prospects. Honestly, bothers me a little bit. Like, what am I doing with my life if I know Chicago White Sox prospects? I will say that Davis Martin is probably a replacement option for these guys. Pitched Decently in his three appearances, Uh, 15 in the third innings, 14 strikeouts, a 224 average allowed. If he is the replacement, first of all, here's hoping that this is precautionary and that Kopek is okay. It is worth pointing out that this is a White Sox pitching staff that has just been decimated by injuries, Mm -hmm. Um, also decimated by a manager who gives intentional walks on one-two counts, um, still, the stupidest thing that I've, I have—I say it like it, well, there's been a bunch of things that have happened. Like oh, no. I, I, I call it what? I, like <laughs> I, 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 don't know I know we're supposed a, to be no talking words for about. That. I know that. I def- okay. It's one thing to <laughs> to, to do it. Get on your soapbox. To double down on yeah. it in the press conference, and then double down on that double down, which I believe equals a quadruple down. I'm not a math expert, but I believe that's what we're going to call it, is it's a quadruple down. Talking about like him being one of the best hitters with two strikes and looking at Muncy's numbers against left-handers. The numbers against left-handers, I can't deny. Yeah, The Trey Turner thing, acting like he's like a 380 hitter with two strikes or something like that, is just nonsense. It yeah. is one of the most to be nice baffling decisions I've seen in a baseball game.
3: Yeah, I got no words for it. I absolutely not. I watched it happen live and I was I kept looking at the like the count and going like, wait a second, did I miss something? like is is that wrong up there? Did I miss the strikeout in the last pitch and like they haven't replaced the're like, wait wait a second, what is happening right now? And just immediately, no words for that. But uh, also going back to the White sox though, Kopech does go down, but should be noted, Lance Lynn, welcome back to the team this yes, week. He is going news. to come back on Tuesday. Um, obviously it's going to be on probably a pitch count, but he's got he's going against the Tigers, so you absolutely love that. He needs to be re-rostered in all leagues right now. I think he's still available in about 20% of leagues. So at least check the waiver wire and make sure you grab him before somebody else does. But him coming back to pitch on Tuesday, is, I think, you know, again. You don't want to lose Kopech, especially for that swing and miss potential. But uh, it's at least good to know that Lance Lynn coming back onto the roster should at least alleviate any need for prospects at the moment to have to get a call up here right um also speaking of starters coming back from il uh eduardo rodriguez for the tigers expected to pitch against lance lynn on tuesday uh, he's a potential 2 stu- star start pitcher as well he struck out nine across four scoreless in his last uh in his last rehab start so he looks like he's ready to go and also alex cobb uh we don't know if he's going to return this week or next it's possible it could be next week They Uh, Giants have been a little coy about his exact return date, but his return is imminent and he was hitting 98 on the gun beforehand. He is still uh, available in about 80% of leagues. He is someone I am absolutely looking at uh, when he comes back, who is just widely available, who I think still has the potential. Look, the Giants have taken that type of pitcher and done a really nice job with it over the last few years. Alex Cobb is someone I'm absolutely looking at and hoping that he will coming back from injury kind of be the next guy to take that next step in San Francisco.
2: And what I would recommend with Alex Cobb is to search Crawford underscore M-I-L-B Cobb salad. It's one of the best tweets that is ever. <laughs> that was one, uh, I was yeah, contemplating bringing it up. I was perfect. like,
3: no, nah, I'm not going to explain your so tweet. Good. Like, <laughs>
2: it is so good. Flipping to the other side, disappointments, rest of season, Julio Arias, I assume, Robbie yep. Ray, Charlie Morton, Trevor Rogers, I almost said Braxton Berrios, which tells you that I've been doing some fantasy, yeah, uh, have. For fantasy football for him. Tyler Mallee, Marcus Stroman, and
3: Blake Snell. I – oh, boy. And now, are, so, we, are we ranking these by who will be the biggest disappointment moving forward or who will I
2: think, turn it I, around moving forward? So, so if we're ranking the biggest disappointment, I think to me – it's got to be Robbie Ray, and it's really interesting looking at his stats. And I talked to Colin actually about this actually yeah. after a chat one day. He just can't avoid a big inning. Like his ERA in innings where he hasn't given up multiple runs is something like zero point nine, and his ERA in every other inning is like fifty six or something like that. He just cannot avoid the beginning which is a good and bad thing. The bad thing is it doesn't matter if he gives up one run every inning or if he gives up six runs in one inning. It still hurts your fantasy numbers. To me, he's been the biggest disappointment. But he's also, because of that, the fact that he has looked so good sans one inning in these starts, I am kind of optimistic going forward. I'm not concerned about Julio Urias at all. I really think that he's going to be just fine. Charlie Morton, Ryan and I kind of debated this one last week. I'm a little more concerned than I think everybody else is. Uh, Jose Barrios looked excellent in his last start. I think he's going to be fine. Tyler Mallet is going to be fine and I think playing for a new team, which is actually pretty exciting. I've always been out on Marcus Stroman as a fantasy person, but I want him to be my best friend. And then Blake Snell is just someone, the command I'm not sure you can trust. Like I'll just ask you, Colin, which of these guys would you have the most confidence in turning it around for the rest of the season?
3: Arias is probably the guy I'd have the most confidence turning around. The, 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 he's just simply too good for yep. him to be this way. I'm very worried about Ray just because, it, again, he, like you said, he has the blow-up inning and that kills, but – his K percentage is down this year in comparison to years past. He's not striking out as many people as he's used to. Only in the 70th percentile. Most years he's in the 96, 97, 98 percentile when it comes to K percentage. So, just that he's getting hit a little bit more. He's not getting the punch outs like we expect from him. Uh, look, we did. You didn't really talk about Trevor Rogers, but I have all the alarm bells going off about oh, yeah. Trevor Rogers. Yep. Um I just traded him away in one league. I had to kind of pay a little bit to trade him away, but I was okay with that. Uh, Charlie Morton. I, you and I are both actually very worried about Charlie Morton. Uh, yep. I, uh, he was on my do not draft list at the beginning of the year. I still feel that way. I just, I, I think we're just trending in downwards. Now Age is finally catching up. I think we're trending downwards. And what is he going to be later in the year when he's got more innings and more throwing, you know, more pitches on that arm? Like, I, I worry about that over the course of the year. Barrios is going to be just fine. Uh, and again, he's got just a phenomenal offense behind him there. Yep. And Stroman and Snell just don't need to be on fantasy rosters right now. There just is nothing there that particularly makes me feel good. I mean, Snell can be on a roster because he at least has some strikeout potential. Right. But boy, it's I mean, that's what you're looking for because he's not getting length and he's not getting and he's his command has been all over the place. So, yes, I, I feel great about Arias and uh Rios Mailey. I'm, I'm good with all three of them. Uh, Ray, I hope we'll turn it around. I still have belief there, but Morton, Rogers, Stroman, Snell, no gracias.
2: Yeah. It's, it's a tough situation right now. There's been a lot of, I mean, those names you all mentioned were probably taken except for probably Stroman taken in the first eight to nine rounds. And yep. a few of them taken much higher than that. It has been a year where you have kind of had to piece some stuff together. It's why I go back to the fact that I said I was not drafting pitching early and I still did it. Uh, Fun question to end this on. Would you trade Muncie or Kirby, and that I assume would be Max Muncie and George Kirby, for McClanahan in redraft on base percentage quality starts league? Yeah, I absolutely would do that trade. Shane McClanahan might be the Cy Young of the American League right now. Like his ability to miss bats – if this was redraft, or excuse me, if this was keeper, be a little more difficult for me just because uh, Vance Muncy has been a guy who is always going to be pretty solid in on-base leagues. I've been really impressed with what George Kirby has done for the most part. But for this year, if I can get Shane McClanahan on my
3: team, I won. Oh, no question for me. I'm taking McClanahan in this trade. and I, I don't know if I have McClanahan, even if I have a need at... Second base, first whatever, whatever, whatever Muncie position Muncy's playing. Yeah, exactly because he's got such great roster flexibility. But unless I have an absolute black hole there, I can't imagine I am giving up McClanahan for a rookie pitcher here. If this was Muncy and a more established pitcher that sure. isn't going to be on an in- innings limit, that isn't going that I we have just seen rookie pitchers not last an entire season so if you're looking for the rest of this year McClanahan at least should not be on much of an innings limit this year give me McClanahan in a big way here yeah uh, McClanahan. it would be McClanahan for me here i I don't think i would give him up for muncie and kirby though
2: i will say this just torn the cover off the baseball lately has a 389 on base percentage but has been much better as of late like if you could get a star bat above those guys then yeah i'm absolutely considering considering it my issue with muncie is that like Yes, the on-base percentage is going to probably be there. I'm not sure if he's helping enough in the other categories to justify giving away a pitcher. Just looking at Shane McClanahan's stats here real quick, if you're not familiar, (laughs) 1.87 ERA, 98 strikeouts and 72 and one-third innings. An FIP of 2.45, so very little luck. A whip below .9, a 0.85 Seven whip, yeah. 7.5 strikeout four strikeout to walk ratio. Like if I'm moving Shane McClanahan, unless I'm just desperate for baseball or desperate, desperate for depth and offense on my team, it, it's got to be for a star. Like it's got to be for like one of those legitimate dudes. I, I get the question uh gail asked where's your background colin um we did have a little bit of
3: uh, our streamyard. my streamyard kicked me off of it and i would have to <laughs> refresh the page and you know what, after tuesdays after tuesdays uh technical issues i'm not taking any risks nope uh, totally,
2: totally fine yeah. it looks great it, it does kind of <laughs> look like there might be a shower behind you but uh that's okay uh colin thank you so much for joining us and we really appreciate all the questions guys it's been a lot of fun we do this every sunday uh, after every game uh stay tuned tomorrow as it will be janice with a special guest doing the power rankings for Mm -hmm. those of you who are downloading this in podcast form maybe i can slide janice i I have not been able to bribe drew yet maybe i can pay janice under the table to get some uh, of my teams ranked a little bit higher um Emma would like the Mariners to be right um, a little higher. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Crawford underscore MILB. You follow Colin at Call don't Lie. Thank you so much. Please subscribe, like, all of those good buttons. Hit the good buttons. The bad buttons, don't hit the bad buttons. Hit the good button. Thanks again. Enjoy the rest of the week, and we will talk
0: to you all again very soon.